don't move a muscle. <laughs> I'm a mover. What do I do? <laughs> I don't. Oh God. Don't. <laughs> You're doing the opposite. Okay. There we go. All right. I just don't like the cable hanging off. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. No one's looking at your lap. That is what it is. They shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm ferocious. Um. <laughs> so ferocious. It's like it's like you with animals. Oh, you're so ferocious. Oh, you're so ferocious. <laughs> Hi, we're the Duncans and Trevi. We sure as heck are. Coming to you for the first time. Not really. <laughs> this is our second attempt. We had a beautiful episode ready for you guys. You Great know, conversation. The first one wasn't even an attempt. It was gold. It was good. It was pure It was gold. so good. Uh, to the point where I'm like, maybe we could just release it without microphone audio. It was that good. It was that good. <laughs> it was just but instead, we decided to give you platinum. But then something or someone or... Trevor. Or maybe Friday the 13th coming to haunt us. Mm. Uh, Early. Our audio just went weird. Mm-hmm. Simply put. Daffy. It just went... <laughs> Literally, yeah. It sounded like That's that. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Don't know what happened. We did several mic checks. Everything mm-hmm. was good. And mm-hmm. then we recorded. And uh, it was not good. Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm wearing headphones right now to try to see if anything goes wrong. Yeah. Here's hoping. <laughs> that nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Friday the 13th, Friday man. Friday the 13th. Gets you every time. Again. Honestly, I don't have any weird Friday the 13th stories. Oh, really? At least none that I was ever conscious of. Mm. Like, as in, like, thinking, oh, it's Friday the 13th and this weird thing happened. Yeah. Then. Uh, full moons? Sure. Well, Friday the 13th? We have that, no. too. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's a full moon and Friday the 13th. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've not really had any, like, oh, Friday the 13th. I, I don't have any of those. Interesting. Yeah. But I feel like with the moon, like, everyone's just weird on a full moon. Well, full the, moon the does gravity's a lot of things off. to us naturally. You yeah. know? So... Yeah, that one makes sense. Friday the Thirteenth. There's, there's, some, there's probably some bad juju floating around in the air. If you're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking to have a heck of a time, heck's gonna find you. And have a time. <laughs> heck. <laughs> I'm so tired. I know. I know. Well, speaking of Friday the Thirteenth. We thought, what better way to celebrate than with a lovely Vincent Price movie? Mm-hmm. Our Lord and Savior. Vincent Price. Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> As you were leading up to that, I was like, this is the perfect intro for a Friday the 13th movie. And then we're like, but it's <laughs> Theater of Blood. Vincent Price. <laughs> it's Vincent Price, though. Yeah. You know, is. there's obviously the Friday the 13th. That's just an obvious one. We didn't feel like being obvious because that's basic. And we're not 
basic. We're cool. Have you seen this sweater? I was going to play with that, but I was like, that's a pretty basic sweater. Exactly. <laughs> it's from Kmart. Oh, is that, that the Adam it, Levine connect- that makes collection? That vintage now. Because Kmart is dead. And Adam Levine is dead to us. Right, he's just kind of dead in general. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, my I think we said that in the last episode that you just kind of... Um, keep clothes after mm-hmm. you buy them they just don't go away steven has several pieces from adam levine's kmart collection <laughs> that he still wears all the time yeah it was a great collection. his main jacket jean jacket that he wears in the fall is that adam you levine. wear too i do it's a good jacket <sighs> pair of sweatpants that you wear or shorts pair of shorts that Both. he wears in this yeah okay well there you go uh, yeah, most of his clothes are still Adam Levine collection. And then last year, two years ago, he bought he bought all these nice pieces, classy pieces, and he never wears them. You still haven't yes. worn your turtleneck. No, um, I'm going to on this show though. I've been eyeing it. Please do. And it'll either be next week or the week after. Okay. I'm going to break out the turtleneck. Well, we might have some plans for our Halloween episode, so it'll have to be next week. Okay. Okay. If you need help. I already have outfits in my mind for that turtleneck. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I am everyone's personal stylist, yeah. so it's my thing. Yeah. But yes, I have ideas. Very cool. Yes. You will look very cool. Am I not turtle enough for the turtle club? Turtle. Turtle. That's exactly what we're trying not to be. (laughs) Well. You don't have to quote that. (laughs) That's what's going to happen in a turtleneck. It's not cool. (laughs) It's going to happen. Oh, boy. Hmm. You want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. What more is there to say? That we haven't already Movie, said. movie, movie. Movie, movie. Vincent Price. <laughs> Vincent Price. I really enjoyed your synopsis of the film last time. Because as we were leading up to recording the podcast today, I was like, I don't even know how to summarize this movie. Uh, but I'm also not very good at summaries in general. Like short, concise summaries. Here is where my father taught me really random uh what's the word skills yes (laughs) thank you (laughs) didn't teach me words but taught me skills (laughs) while we're talking skills can you hold the mic up here and not on the cable oh sure just had that thought while we were does do i need to keep it is it supposed to be tight are we good yeah just okay yeah, yeah just okay I'm so scared. Um, (laughs) Me too. Yeah. My father taught me really random skills. And uh, one of them was describe a movie to me, all of it, in 60 seconds or less. So I think with that, from ages like eight till now, I just have learned how to give a short synopsis of movies. Yeah. There you go. Because there were some that I would go see, and since I didn't go see it with him, he was just like, I don't know if I want to go see that movie, so just tell me all about it. And then sometimes if I described it well enough, he would actually watch it. He still does that every now and then, depending on what you and I go see. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember my synopsis now. 
Oh, don't do that. Just make a new one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to do what comes into my head. <laughs> Proud of you. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Dad. But the um. true synopsis was in her heart. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> Vincent Price plays a Shakespearean actor who is supposedly dead. Supposedly? Supposedly? Supposedly. Supposedly. Someone said supposedly the other day, and they're a very smart person, and I was like, hmm. I've seen a lot of smart people do a lot of stupid things. And then I Googled it, and supposedly (laughs) is a word. Hmm. So anyway, maybe I read it wrong. Who knows? Anyway, supposedly dead. (laughs) (laughs) You burned 45 seconds right there. (laughs) You have 10. I didn't say I was doing the 60 seconds. Don't stress me out. I'm tired. Okay. All right. It's been a long night. (laughs) We just got our child to bed and it's 930. (laughs) Okay. So Vincent Price plays a Shakespearean actor who is supposedly dead. But there is a group of uh, play or theater critics who have all reviewed Vincent Price's uh, tour of Shakespearean plays. They were all very negative reviews. And suddenly, they're all killed off one by one in the theme of Shakespearean plays. Come to find out, Vincent Price, his character, I can't remember his name, is alive and taking his revenge. He also uses his daughter, who is played by Diana Riggs, to help out and um, lure them into his old theater that was burned down a long time ago. And, yeah. (laughs) That wasn't as good as the first time, but I'm losing (laughs) my mojo. (laughs) Yeah, the mojo meter is going down. Uh, Yeah, he basically takes poetic revenge and just kills them all one by one, Shakespeare style. Shakespeare style. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. um, So this is is a really fun movie. Um, It's not really scary at all. Mm Mm-mm. Um, it's not a horror film no in a sense it almost seems more like a thriller it's a thriller i would say a a very 70s style thriller i i also forgot i said it was from 1981 last week it is a 1973 film Mm -hmm. which we talked about was very obvious as soon as you start the movie. <laughs> yeah. I had seen the quality of the film and heard the audio, and then you just see the style of everyone. And you're just like, this is, I was definitely, my mindset, I was like, this film was made before my mother was born 100%. <laughs> and so I looked it up, and it's 1973, not 81. I don't know what I was looking at. But. Yeah. Yeah, everything... Everything visually screams like 1970s indie movie. Yes. Um, yeah, very, very like, it almost felt like horror nu- noir in a very like 70s Which way. Which is very 
Vincent Price style. Yeah. Most of his films are very mm-hmm. noir. And it's weird because even like House on Haunted Hill, it's very serious, but there's just like a... I don't know. Noir vibe. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I already said noir. Yeah. But yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I do see what you mean, though. Because even if you look up like B-rated horror films these days, a lot of Vincent Prices pop up, even mm-hmm. though they weren't created to be B-horror films, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and I think, too, like, you can you can definitely tell... Like, the first time that I, I saw Diana Rigg on screen, I was like, she's not 15 years older than she was in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which mm-hmm. is only, which is, it's like the only other feature that I've seen her in, mm-hmm. um, other than seeing her in the show Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie came out in the early 70s as well. And so I was like, there's That's no right. way you've aged like 10, 15 years. Yes. Um in between these films right um because she looked honestly i felt like she looked younger in this movie than she did in that james bond movie i really don't remember that one Hmm. even though we watched it recently yeah and you liked it i did (laughs) james bond films (laughs) i'm here for this tangent we also have a problem where I accidentally call him Craig Dean, but Daniel Craig, <laughs> Craig Dean, <laughs> old Craig. <laughs> I'm old Craig. I love him so much. I really do, but I forget his name sometimes. You love me? <laughs> Could you learn to love me? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I forgot everything I was saying now. <laughs> I enjoy James Bond films. Mm-hmm. I was very against them for a while just because I thought it was going to be a lot like the Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn. <laughs> I've got Bjorn in my Born? Mayhaps? Let's restart. <laughs> I thought they were going to be a lot like the Born Identity films ah, or yes. like just. A t- <laughs> We're cutting it out. <laughs> the Bjorn identity. <laughs> it's the Swedish version. Jason Bjorn flees his enemy in the fjords. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Are we going to make it through a single movie review without me <laughs> just messing up horribly with my words? No. <laughs> I did so well in the last one. I was really proud of myself, and here we are. Uh, now you see the true us. <laughs> this is the real me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say one word normally. <laughs> anyway, so I thought it was just going to be a typical... Like spy movie. Y- yeah, just like, yeah. And I, I don't like those. And like the early 2000s version of a spy movie, which is a lot more like blasé. Yes. Bland terrorism. Very boring. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> terrorism. <laughs> ah. <laughs> which honestly. Is you know that terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that how we all you feel? You know how terror be. <laughs> isn't that how we all feel about terrorism? Yeah. <laughs> 
Ah. True story. Ah. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it just sucks. <laughs> Gosh, am I scared. <laughs> Terrorized. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But then Stephen had me watch the James Bond films, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, now, I don't remember what the point of saying that was, because <laughs> we've ranted for so much, but um, yeah, no. for so much, for so long. <laughs> we've ranted so much. <laughs> uh, so many rants. <laughs> what was the point of that? I don't know. Mm. Uh, Diana Rigg was in a James Bond movie. Oh, yes. Here we go. <laughs> so I have enjoyed all of them, but they all run together. Yeah, they do. And so uh, I can't really tell you a single thing that happened in her film. Mm-hmm. Although I do remember enjoying it. Yeah. And she was really great. in it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what is she not good in? Am I right? Well, again, I've only seen her in three things. Now, yeah. So I can't well, really. And Theater of Blood is considered one of her best films. And didn't you say, wise. too, that you thought it was, or that fun fact was that it was one of her favorites to make? It was her favorite film to make. Yeah. yeah. Which I can kind of see because, okay, so we can we can go on our Diana Rigg tangent at this point. Um not really tangent. This is actually the like one of the points of the podcast. But um, her character in this is so much fun, and she seems like she's enjoying playing the character. Mm-hmm. Like she seems like she's having a blast playing the character. Um, <laughs> Toby be pooping. <laughs> Our cat, <laughs> Toby. <laughs> You did not expect. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to Toby explain. <laughs> <laughs> Our cat is going to the bathroom. Now he's just pacing. Oh, he wants to be in the show. He wants to be in the show. That's mm-hmm. why I wouldn't shut up the last time. He never, he, he never, <laughs> he didn't stop talking in the last one. It was just staring at us and now he's inching closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here He'll we are. In there. He'll get in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but okay. So. She seems like she's having a good time. Her character is, I think her character is probably the most fun and interesting character in the movie. Vincent Price is great. Yes. But like, he's also carrying it. He's, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas for her, you could just kind of like enjoy the character. And um, so she plays Vincent Price's character's daughter. And she's kind of like in on it, um, helping with these murders. And... She also, like, dresses up as a male stage manager um, of the company. Um, And so she gets to kind of, like, play with that and have fun with that. And I didn't even realize that that was her until, like, halfway through the movie. We got, like, a quarter of the way in. And I don't remember what the stage manager was doing. But I was watching him, and I was like, one, his voice was very, it sounded like a female. And it could mm-hmm. be, a, it could have been like a gay 70s guy. I don't know. Because he's very, he's got the curly afro and very feminine in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, uh, that could just be his role and how he is. Because he's a stage manager. But. <laughs> you know, stage manager. <laughs> you know how theater be. <laughs> uh, 
But then I was looking at the character and listening to the voice, and Diana Rigg has a very deep voice. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at the nose, mm. and I was like, I bet you they're going to reveal that Diana Rigg is the stage manager. Mm-hmm. And she was. And I was very excited that I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she just gets a lot to do as well. Yeah. But so it also seems like she's kind of under a similar or the same psychosis as Vincent Price's character is as well. Do you think they were supposed to be like actual like diagnosed psychopaths? I don't think that it was that heavy. Yeah. Um but I I think that I think it particularly Diana Rigg plays it more like someone who snapped a little. Really? Yeah. Yes. Um Vincent so Price I think, think is someone who is like scorned and a little dramatic and also like attempted really suicide in love with Shakespeare and uh, yeah, yeah. D- just like he's a whole cocktail of crazy um Diana Rigg her character seems more like like there's actually something a little unhinged hmm yeah that's that's how I kind of felt about it because she also plays like this whole kind of double life thing with misleading the police and and one of the victims yeah but that um, was to help out her dad Yes, but she does it like perfectly no slips and she has a whole separate life. So she really is sustaining like two lives the whole time. Hmm. Yeah. So I I see that as more like okay, you you are able to split between these two things way too cleanly. Um Yeah. I th- I thought it was very very engaging and very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh she her character is a blast to watch in this movie mm-hmm. um and vincent price is uh, vincent price is always fun i think um he is just chewing up every scene he's in and i do feel like this wasn't like a super experienced director working with him you know it's interesting <coughs> i think his name is brian hickox i don't remember I think it's Brian Hickox. He's not known for much, and he didn't do a lot. But his other... So this is one of his best-known films, and his mm. other one is Hound of the Baskervilles. Okay. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seemed like he wasn't an experienced director because there was an element of this movie that seemed improvisational. And we can talk about the script again at some point. But... In certain scenes, I do feel like Vincent Price just kind of ran with it Hmm. and just, like, was at a level 10 the whole time. And the director was just like, classic Vincent, love it, cut it. (laughs) Just kind of starstruck, like anything Vincent does is what goes. Sure, yeah. Um, But even then, there are just certain scenes as well where you're just like, this dialogue is funky. This is kind of, like this is going on for a long time. Like, why would you not cut this? Or why would you not like reshoot this and like pick it up a little bit? Not that it's a sloppily made movie necessarily, but just that it it doesn't seem like it's coming from the vision of like a very experienced um, 
director technique driven director mm. yeah yeah i could see that mm-hmm. it's definitely it seems like the pieces even the long quotes of shakespeare where it just like never ends It fits into the context of what they're doing and saying. Mm-hmm. But I do think even if you had a well-known or a experienced scriptwriter and director, you would know how to properly cut those scenes in a little bit and don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're choosing to make a movie that is solely about Shakespeare. Yeah. I think... Truly, unless you're doing an actual Shakespeare play as a film or a play, if you're just kind of like loosely basing around the idea of Shakespeare, Shakespearean actors or whatever, you should be very specific and very sparing with the Shakespeare quotes and pieces that you use. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is a good time to get into this. I felt like the Shakespeare was quite overdone (laughs) in just like how direct quotes of Shakespeare was very overdone. So he frames his murders based on his like final tour of, of Shakespeare shows um, one murder per show. And basically if there's someone who was murdered or got killed or died or whatever, in one of those, he would kind of base his killing around that. And um, that structure is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the backbone of the movie, more or less, and it it functions beautifully. I love it. In each of those, they will quote not punchy lines, but entire paragraphs, entire swaths, if you will, of of Shakespeare. Yeah, and it goes on to the point where you're just like, I, I'm not as into Shakespeare as you are my dudes um for the rest of us could you pick the best part (laughs) and use that as your shakespeare line and not give me like the line i recognize or the line that would be really effective in the moment is one to two lines what they give me is two paragraphs of quoting you know do you think maybe because a lot of people know Shakespeare, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people love Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. We said Vincent Price definitely seems like someone who is definitely a Shakespearean actor at a time. Like you can tell right. his love for Shakespeare. Sure. And so maybe to make this movie more inclusive for audiences. Mm-hmm. They wanted to add more context into the movie so people understood, okay, because I'm even thinking of the investigator who, is it classic, wow, (laughs) the investigator who is a class A idiot, Mm -hmm. he's like researching Shakespeare as he goes because he knows nothing about it. And then he's talking to these critics to understand like what happened in Othello, what happened in this, Mm -hmm. what happened in Romeo and Juliet, you know? Do you think they use that and the quoting to help audiences better understand the context of the Shakespeare plays that he was using? That's possible. I think that's kind of maybe the generous way to think about it. I thought about it more as the script was a little short 
and that was how they figured out how to add on to it in the moment how to add on to it mm-hmm. and how to pad the runtime a little bit um and vincent and diana were just like we got this because they had all those plays memorized anyway and <laughs> just like ran with it yeah maybe it could be either of those mm-hmm. honestly yeah because um, i do think if you took those quotes out and took out the narration of like their literally the critics explain to the investigator mm-hmm. or you'll see him reading the play and explaining stuff out loud. Now that part I feel like is intentional. That definitely seemed intentional, but I almost, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, I just thought maybe the quoting or even there's like one murder where you literally see a whole scene from Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that also being to help audiences absorb Shakespeare, especially if they didn't know Shakespeare super well. Right. Yeah, I, I could see it being like the passion project of these guys and, and their background, um, like their underlying uh, point, not point, uh, goal in making this movie was like, we're going to make some more Shakespeare fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work for me. Still not a Shakespeare fan, but, you know, yeah sad no i know i tried tried i get it i respect it classic wouldn't take anything away from it but it it it, it does not speak to my soul the way it does most people when was the last time you like saw a shakespeare play and have you ever seen a professional shakespeare play uh yes i have multiple um and i mean it's been oh or five years at this point but i've seen several i think because when i got into shakespeare we lived really close to one of the few towns that had a copycat of the shakespeare theater Mm -hmm. um you and i have passed through the town actually uh on our way to my hometown uh and so my first shakespeare play was hamlet but we got to do it shakespeare style with candelabras and Mm -hmm you know, the whole globe theater and you got to be part of the audience just like Shakespeare did. Yeah. And that really changes it up too. And that's really fun. Mm-hmm. So maybe you and I will have to take a trip down there and do that. Cause then they do a Q and a, you get to talk to the actors. One of the actors still remembers me and I've DM'd him before. <laughs> He's like this guy in his forties now, but I just nice. loved him so much and he played Hamlet. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's, that changes it too. Cause then mm-hmm. I've been to a Shakespeare play here just at the Kentucky Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oof, <laughs> this is no good. <laughs> um, I think Shakespeare is a lot more about the experience sometimes than the actual play itself. It can be. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you're going to be a huge Shakespeare fan Don't after that. Don't tell that to all hardcore Shakespeare fans. Sorry. I love Shakespeare. Shakespeare yeah. is what got me into theater. But uh, but even you felt like it. the quoting of Shakespeare ran a little long in this It was one. a little overdone, um, especially because I don't remember how many movie critics there were that he was trying to kill. It was like seven. It was like six or seven. Once you hit the fourth one... It was just kind of like, wow, are you going to try and kill all these people? 
Or are you going to successfully do that? Because that's a lot of plays to watch and a lot of quotes to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of back and forth between the investigator and one of the movie critics who made it until the end of mm-hmm. just explaining those plays and what happens and then like flashbacks. It was it was a lot. But if you're a Shakespeare lover, I think that plays into it and enhances the experience a That's little bit fair. because you're like, this is my life. I'm constantly trying to or explain to these normies why Shakespeare is so great and what happens and what's going on and they're just always trying to keep up. Meanwhile, the normies are like, yeah, Devin. <laughs> like, don't get mean. <laughs> no, I could. That's not a real name, by the way. That just came yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, that's just random. Uh, <laughs> we know no Devins. Um, yeah, I could totally see if you're a Shakespeare fan. fan it's like, ooh, what? I relate what, to this. What play? No, not that. But like, <laughs> what play are they going to get into next, and what murder yeah. is that going to be? Yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. Well, I, I think the only one I I only could guess a couple of them. I think I guess the Titus Andronicus and the um, Othello. Yeah, I think those were the two that I could guess ahead of time. But you couldn't guess Romeo and Juliet. No, because that was a they did a duel. It was yeah. S- yeah, no, I didn't get that. Oh, like you thought it was going to be poisoning? Yeah, something like that. Mm. Make them drink poison. I don't know. That's how Mercutio. Or I thought if that was going to be the last one he would make him drink poison and that he would poison himself. Ooh, that would have been interesting. Sure would have, wouldn't it? Look at me, the little Shakespeare hater coming up with a good Shakespeare tie-in. I didn't quite (laughs) understand if the way the movie ended and how he died was supposed to tie into anything. No, I don't think he was supposed to die. I think everything went wrong. Like his plan got foiled. But is that supposed to secretly tie into something Shakespearean? Dude, that's too deep for me. I know. I should have looked that up beforehand. Yeah, you need a you need a a Shakespeare friend for that. If a Shakespeare fan knows a lot about Shakespeare, basically what happened? (laughs) Like, can just think off the top of their head. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happened was. It did not. Well, I think he was trying to because he's the one who set the theater on fire. Vincent Price's character. That was only after they were discovered, though. By the police. That was his plan the whole time. Okay. Anyway, Vincent Price. What was the last play? It was. um. No, it wasn't Othello. That was second to last. Yeah. Uh, what was the murder? He was gonna. It was by uh, blinding him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Henry the. Henry the sixth. Henry the sixth, and so he was trying to blind the last guy by sword or blades, and then he set his theater on fire. His daughter died, and then he fell through the rafts into the fire. Rafters. Rafters. Sorry. <laughs> the ceiling was held up by live rafts. <laughs> he fell through them. The rafters. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So if you know, if that rings a bell, a Shakespeare bell. That could also just tie back into the fact that the theater almost burned down the last time and that's what ended his career. Yeah. And then this time it truly ended his career. Yeah. And now he is actually dead. Supposedly. <laughs> 
bum, bum. <laughs> Vincent Price comes back to life to make part two. <laughs> of all of his films, this is the one he's going to... This would be the one he would make a sequel to, honestly. He's made sequels to others. Yeah, but if he was going to come back to... Oh, like back to life several, to make one. Several, several years later, mm. yeah. Yeah, or he'd he'd come to life as a zombie and redo a thriller thing. Yeah, there you I go. I can see that too. Except he didn't like thriller. Did he not? No. Is that the fun fact that I get to tell you? Yeah, so he he thought it was going to be stupid. Like he he didn't think it was going to work out at all. So they offered him first they offered him um like a very small percentage of royalties off of it. Which, if you do the math and look back on it, it would have been millions, have so much, millions of dollars over, the t- that, over time. Um, but he thought it was just going to be nothing and make no money. He thought that was going to be worthless. So he took like a pretty insignificant sum of money to do the voiceover for Thriller. Um, and then just slowly as the years went on, I think he got more and more bitter as he watched millions after millions after millions of wow. potential dollars especially once it go went past on, him yeah mtv and wow that's a bummer mm-hmm. i mean he made plenty of money but that's a bummer yeah no but he was not a fan of it he thought it was just stupid cheesy that's so interesting because the, the videos i've watched explaining how he made it onto thriller and alice cooper's album mm-hmm. uh it's explained as he loves he loved getting to meet teenage fans and stuff and so mm-hmm. because of that he thought something like thriller would be a good idea mm. because it would attract teenage fans yeah and maybe that was the side thought he had and i think he probably liked the the goal more than the medium yeah interesting fascinating yeah, yeah. wow it's a fun fact there you go not often i have one of those for I you i know i was saying in the last episode <laughs> that we tried recording uh i've always been known for my fun facts and when steven and i were dating if he had a bad day he would text me and be like give me a fun fact and i would just come up with one yep i'm a fact person i like figuring out cool things about movies and music and anytime like no matter what we're watching anytime we start watching a movie within the first 10 minutes she's on imdb just like mining it for looking up the trivia or uh when I listen to their podcast, I have a list of facts about the books they're reading because I've already <laughs> read them before. <laughs> and especially if they're going through something like Stephen King or anything like that, I'm like, mm-hmm, here's my list of facts. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I have notes. <laughs> when it comes to Michael Jackson, you know way more than I do. Yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah. That's, that's your thing. that's your niche. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So would you? in this spooky season recommend watching theater of blood i think i would i i already can't remember if we said this <laughs> but this is rated as his uh best film which is insanely surprising and to that me. is based on like uh ratings and so and i think it was tied with Maybe House of Wax. Okay. Maybe. I can't remember. It was tied with something. But yeah, his best rated movie, which really throws me off because you've got all the classics of like House on Haunted Hill. You've got House of Wax, so that tying makes sense. But um, I think he did a fantastic job acting. 
Mm-hmm. He was classic Vincent. Like, he did a great job. He mm-hmm. took the character and really took it on. I don't think it was his best movie all around. Mm-mm. Or his most entertaining movie. Um, this movie reminds me of Dr. Fibes. And I think Dr. Fibes was a lot more entertaining. And just a more well-rounded movie. A little bit of a better script. Mm-hmm. A more experienced director. Uh, and... Uh, we had talked about the one that you and I watched randomly because we, you and, was it when I was pregnant, you and I just went on like a Vincent Price kick because I was like, oh, you we haven't. engaged. Oh, it's COVID. that's right. We had a lot of time during COVID. So mm-hmm. we just watched all the movies we hadn't seen and Stephen hadn't watched a lot of Vincent Price movies. So I just listed off a lot of the ones that I liked and some of the ones that we both hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And we watched, what was it? It was Comedy of Horrors. Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. That one was so funny and entertaining. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's his best either, but like that one was thoroughly like a good time. Yeah. Like it was funny. It was witty. It was just, and there's a little bit of horror based on like the subject of the matter. Mm. It was just it was, a it's good like movie. like a very tight script. Yes. It was just very quick and on point mm-hmm. and you're not bored at all. You're not thinking, oh, this is dragging on. Like you're just laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that one and I would suggest that one a lot uh (laughs) but yeah i would say if you want a good like if you haven't seen it you've got nothing else to watch and you enjoy vincent price and diana rigg go for it Mm -hmm. they both did a fantastic job and carried the movie very well um there are just some weird things there are too many movie critics really don't know why they thought that many would be a good idea it would have been fine if they would have pushed through them quicker yeah, but I almost feel like because of the context, you can't. Yeah. So if they had just caught, cut like one or two mm-hmm. movie critics off, I think it would have been solid. Yeah. It would have been a shorter film, but it would have been solid. Yeah. Uh, I think Vincent Price's little minions, he has these homeless people with him. And we talked about it. They started the movie out great. Like, when you Mm -hmm. start the movie, it's like, oh, this is going to be a good movie. You're just really sucked into it. And, like, the first kill is very interesting. And it is Shakespearean, but, like, the way it's quoted and the way you see this, the shot of the guy once he's dying and Vincent Price behind him as he's quoting the lines, Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, that was a good shot. And that was a really great scene. That whole opening sequence is probably the most well shot, like well paced, most suspenseful part of the movie. Yes. And it just kind of goes down from there a little bit, I would Mm -hmm. say. And then it's just in in terms of suspense and yes, and like creepy factor. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So. Yeah, I think it's a fairly good movie. It's entertaining enough for the first watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Yeah. I I recommend it especially, because this is more up my alley, but if you're into kind of like older cheesy movies and enjoy that, it's definitely not in the so bad it's good category, because I do think it's a good movie. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot of that like 70s aesthetic and 70s cheesiness, mm-hmm. like camp, if you will. It's a very campy movie, mm-hmm. I think. 
Um, kind of like just a good cult classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if that's something that you're into, especially, and I think a lot of people are into that for Halloween movies too, um, it definitely fits into that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so would definitely recommend it for that. But it's definitely, I would put it more in the fun category than in the like horror or classic or like truly scary type uh, category. Yeah. It'd be more like, oh, we're going to watch a fun horror movie, a fun classic, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, (laughs) we do recommend it. Under some circumstances. Yes. What do we watch next time? We are watching Shaun of the Dead. I'm excited for that. I I recall that movie being hilarious. I'm trying to remember. I <laughs> I think <coughs> what's the other one? Hot Fuzz? No. Mm. I didn't like that one. Mm, Zombieland? End of the uh What's the one where they go bar hopping? that end of world's end world's end Something i loved like that? that one really no <laughs> yeah that's very surprising i know my ex made me watch it ah. and that one i liked it enough to where he was like okay we gotta watch Shaun of the dead next and i do remember <laughs> liking it i don't know if it's my humor anymore yeah we'll see so we'll see we'll see we'll find out and you will find out too indeed any last thoughts trevor We're not giving him any more time. He may have been the one that screwed up the audio last time. You know what? That's fair. That's probably his fault. Trevor gets no time. Yeah. Next time, buddy. Better watch it. Yeah. No more. Well, Friday the 13th is going to be over, (laughs) but no more spooky pranks. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, thanks for joining us, even though it was a slightly lesser good episode than the one we had before. It was not. It was beautiful. All right. It was beautiful. And you... Are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so like, subscribe, give us good reviews. We need it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you next time. And in the wise words of Trevor. Trevor.